Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Thanks for joining us here at Coast FM 963. Pete Little and the pretty woman herself, <laughs> Cheryl and Darcy. She's embarrassed when I say that, but she's looking particularly pretty this morning. Oh. Must be that spring feeling in the air in the Could middle be. of winter. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Pete. Ten minutes after eight. Now, the gardening gang this morning is every week. Ring sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming open all this weekend. And also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. We're talking pruning today. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I was never called Pete the Pruner, let me tell you. <laughs> How about that, Darth? Are you uh, a bit on the tools or not? Uh, yes, I think we've all been on the tools a bit, us gardeners. It's late winter. It's a fantastic time for pruning our trees and shrubs right now because you might have noticed, Pete, they're a bit dormant. They're sleepy. They're, all the leaves are falling off and uh, good time to get in there and give them a bit of a chop-chop. So there are several times a year for pruning Sherilyn, or just maybe winter and summer or spring, I'm not quite sure, the <laughs> order of work here. Yeah, look, it depends on the it depends on the plant. Late winter pruning, it promotes fast growth in spring. So that's what you're, you're aiming for. It's like when you cut your hair. This is what I was always told anyway. If you give your hair a good haircut, yeah. it promotes growth. So that's what we're doing it for. Mm. So a lot of our plants do very, very well. And because they, 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 they bleed a lot of sap as well at different times. So we want to avoid that. So we don't want any harm. Summer's the best time to remove dead branches from any plant when they sort of stand out. And yes, what we need to do is in uh, we prune our spring flowering trees and shrubs right after they're finished flowering in spring. And trees and shrubs that bloom during summer into autumn are best done late winter. But we don't prune in autumn. And the reason is we don't want to promote that growth in winter because you don't want all this nice, fresh new growth, particularly if you say around the central coast up in the mountain areas or right down next to the sea where it can get very, very windy. You don't want that new growth to be damaged. Well, the thing about this is, uh, one thing that's maybe playing in my mind is all the uh, all the citrus trees are ready for plucking now. Mm-hmm. Do we prune the citrus trees? We now? do, we do. Or we'll just Even afterwards, now. after the harvest. Oh, after yes, the harvest. yes, yes, yes. Okay. We've got we've got a horticulturalist, uh, Lauren Bradham, who's coming up in our first hour, and she'll be talking about citrus pruning. And also at this time of the year, it's rose pruning. Everyone knows I love roses, so we get in and prune our roses because they're dormant, and we have a little bit of information about tools as well from European tools later on this hour because it can be a bit dormant when you're going choosing tools. How do you go on the tools, Pete? Well, I've always taken the cheap route, I've got to say, but (laughs) we're going to talk to a lady today who maybe is going to convince us to spend a few more dollars Mm. and really buy some nice kit. Yeah, well, I'm going to see this happen so you're not penny-pinching, Pete. Coast FM, it is all about pruning for winter today on The Gardening Gang. Coast FM, Pete and Cheryl, and this morning it's all about uh, trimming the trimming the fat, no, trimming the trees, I should say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and on the line, we've got a local uh, horticulturalist, very well known. That's uh, Lauren Brabham. Mm-hmm. And uh, she stepped out of the garden this morning to talk about the pruning, what uh, tips that she can provide to us today on winter pruning. Good morning to you, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Good morning, everybody. Now, Lauren, count your fingers, will you? Have you got all <laughs> ten there or not? Have you lost them in the in the space of yeah. your career? There's about nine and a half there. Okay, if you lost a knuckle, that's a bad knuckle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah. let's try and avoid that today. 
<laughs> so, Lauren, lots of people are a little bit worried about how to prune their roses. Particularly if they've lost a finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lauren, it's not that scary. I thought I'd get some, a nice, friendly voice, a local voice, to let them know that it's actually an easy thing. So, Lauren, what are your tips to prune roses in winter? It isn't very scary at all. So, okay, so before we start, you need to get a good pair of gardening gloves, a pruning saw and thicker tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe with your thicker tears um, and your pruning saw, it's recommended you sterilise them so you don't um, spread or transfer any of uh, pests or diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, and so start with um, your roses so you can remove any of your dead or grey branches. Um, and don't be too scared to give it a good prune uh, as this will help encourage new flowers and improve the shape of your roses. Yeah, but I find that a lot of people are scared to cut into them. They think, oh, it's not going to come back, but it actually does It does it well. It's not a good haircut, Pete. Mm-hmm. It does. It comes back probably better than it was last year. Mm. Okay, so if you muck it up, that will come back, will it? Yes, it'll be fine. It's yeah. pretty hardy. Okay, so pretty hardy. Okay. They're very hardy. Okay, sweet. A bit like a haircut. You're right. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that we get asked about a lot is the citrus. So what do we do for winter for citrus pruning? Okay, so um, citrus is a little bit different to pruning your roses. Um, you want to avoid over-pruning them so you don't harm next season's crop. Um, right. So there's a good rule of thumb. Maybe just remove about 20% um, of the tire canopy. That's mm-hmm. probably your best bet. Mm-hmm. That's a fair bit um, in my book, 20%. 20% still? Yeah. yeah, depending how big your... Your, your tree is, I suppose. Yeah, it could be. It could be a lot. Yeah, and are we are we looking at that taking the centre out rather than the outside branches, or yeah, start from the centre and make your way out. That's the best bet. Yes, very good. And the same thing, getting rid of anything dead or dying or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of what you think is not looking the best. Just discard it. And- <laughs> It'll thank, it'll thank you for it. Leave it on the ground. Don't leave it on the ground. You can no? chop it up and compost it. My oh, gosh, okay. exactly right. Don't if you've got a large it. orchard, though, wouldn't you leave it on the ground just to sort of go back you into the soil? You know trip out? Oh, no, oh, no not too many people live with a big orchard, don't No, they don't. You'd be tripping over what? branches everywhere. <laughs> oh, it's a safety aspect, of course. Do you know what? You need to have a nice, clean orchard, all right? There's nothing yes, worse exactly. than a messy orchard. <laughs> No, know, that's okay. right. <laughs> oh, that's and lastly, yes. after pruning all your roses and your citrus, don't forget to mulch with a good layer of sugarcane mulch and mm-hmm. your plants will thank you for it, that's for sure. Excellent. See, it's not that hard at all, Pete. Have you ever heard of a plant thanking you? <laughs> Lauren, you just said the plants will thank you for well, it. Well, if now, you get a lot of flowers or a lot of fruit. Oh, that's the payoff, okay. Yeah, Maybe it should right. be, and the pa- plants will pay you off in... More. They're going, here's some flowers, here's some They will respond positively. Okay. (laughs) The language of plants and flowers, Uh, Pete, it's their project. You've just given a whole, you know, world of flowers, a whole new look. The plant payoff, (laughs) that's what it's all about. (laughs) That's exactly right, Pete, yeah. That could be a title for a new book for you, Sherlyn. Could be. The could Planting be. Payoff. The Planting Payoff. Co-written between uh, Sherlyn Darcy and Lauren oh, Bratton. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, Lauren. Let's have a chat. So get working on that, girls. We'll All promote right. that for you one <laughs> Thank day. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's great. Well, uh, that book, of course, will be available through the Coast FM Publishing Company. In the meantime, thank you very much, Lauren, for your help this morning. Been a bit of fun That's talking okay. about. No dramas at all. It's been a pleasure. Okay, off you go. Back you go to cutting. Off you go. <laughs> sniffy, sniff. Watch those fingers. See you later. The weekend set up for right. you.
Don't fall off. Oh, don't fall off the um, the ladder. By the way, have no, have that covered by some you know something the cushions the fall. Oh my god, sponge or something. <laughs> it won't be the branches you leave around. I think, I think Lauren might be a bit younger than me because the older you are, the more the the easier the bones break. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. All the best. No worries. See you later. Bye bye. Gardening gang having some fun this morning on Coast FM nine six three. The Doobie Brothers at Coast FM 963 and Pete Little this morning. It keeps you pruning as well. There we go. At uh, 25 minutes after 8 o'clock, Cheryl, I'm counting down the weeks. We've got about Ooh. two months and a couple of weeks before we head off to Canberra. Mm, to Florida. What about that? It's getting closer. It's getting very close for our three-day tour to Canberra, Floriard. We're actually broadcasting live from Floriard on the Saturday morning. Gardening Gang brought to you from there. But if you want to join us, you can, courtesy of Palmer's Tours. They've put on a lovely tour for us, Pete. Now, half the bus or the coach, the luxury, no, luxury coach, coach, is uh, fully committed, fully fully booked, so there mm-hmm. are seats still available. Mm-hmm. And you can book at Palmer's there, 4325-8000. Pick up a brochure, check it out. Mm-hmm. It's a three-day event from the 22nd of September, 22-23, back on the 24th, okay? That's right. And it's not just Floriard. We're actually, you'll have us on the bus. How fantastic is that going to be? You're going to be to put up with uh, dad jokes <laughs> from Pete all the time and me giggling? I don't know. Maybe bring some head phones with you. No, it's going to be so much fun on the coach. We're also visiting Corbett Gardens in Barrel. Full day at Floriard. We're touring Canberra. We're going up to Mount Ainsley Lookout and we're going to Tulip Top Gardens on the way back home as well. That's going to be fantastic. That's uh, their highlights, highlights, highlights. All the gardening you can get with the gardening gang for three whole days. We leave Friday morning from the Central Coast and get you back Sunday. And it includes accommodation as well. And meals, you don't have to worry about anything. I think there's a couple of lunches that uh, but will be in place. Yeah, you've got to bring your own sandwich. minties, I think. No. Yeah, that's about all. <laughs> I think you should bring the minties for the bus, Pete. Could do, could do. You could bring the minties. And there'll be prizes on board as well. There so that be. sounds wonderful. Check it out with Palmer's Tours. Feel right at home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, the gardening gang, today. And uh, we're talking about pruning. Yes. We're pruning plants, pruning trees, pruning grass. No, it wouldn't be grass. No. I tell you what, I've made a mistake in my small gardening career, Cheryl, and mm. I've bought crap tools. <laughs> They don't last. Looking Every season I've got to go back. They're all rusty. I've got to oh. throw them away and start again. What mistake am I making here? You're not buying quality tools and you're probably buying the wrong tools. So I've got somebody on the phone right now to help you. Well, you promised to help me out last year, but you didn't do a darn thing. So you've gone to all this extent all right. to find an expert? I have. So push that button there and you can speak okay. to Rebecca. Okay. Now this... Oh, Rebecca. Okay. Hello. Hello there, Rebecca. Nice to talk to you today, Rebecca Volkoff, and uh, the organisation that Rebecca is involved with, maybe the owner, maybe the, uh, you know, uh, the, the hard-working staff member, European Tools is the company, mm-hmm. and Rebecca, I'm after some recommendations from you, because we have a nice garden at our place, a combination yeah. of, of trees, a combination of bush, flowers, and the whole thing. 
not big. Okay. And I've invested virtually rubbish over the years in tools. They all finish up being sort of chucked in the uh, throwout bin at the end of the year. Mm. So European tools, when you say that, I feel like they're quality, top quality. Yes, um, absolutely. Look, all the tools that we have are, are made in Europe um, and all backed with lifetime warranties all made by small family businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody that's making them has a passion. Now, are people prepared to pay top dollar? Because no doubt if I went into one of the chain stores, I wouldn't maybe see too many of your products there. Um, but is it worthwhile paying, what, triple than you would maybe at uh, Bunnings or whatever? <laughs> would, would that be about the price point? Well, uh, yeah, depending on what you were looking for, but I suppose you could look at it this way. I mean, if you buy a a poor quality made tool, how many times do you have to replace that tool? Uh, good point, and I've mm-hmm. fallen into that trap, you see. Oh, Pete, I've got some of... Have you got the DeWitt tools there, Rebecca? We do, yes. Look, yeah, we've I, got I have that brand. I you rave love about it. That brand. I rave about it. Look, I've had them... I've had some of them for decades. I have. Like, my... I, you've been throwing yours away all the time, and my little hand trowel, and I, actually, and I've got secateurs that I've had just as long. You look after them, and they last a lifetime. They really Absolutely. do. Absolutely, yep. But I would imagine, though, uh, Rebecca, you would need to be a committed officiado to go for your kind of products, wouldn't you? Um, No, I don't think so. Look, uh, I met a wise old man once and he said to me that um, his father used to tell him all the time, I am too poor to buy cheap. Oh, and I've heard the old statement, buy cheap, buy twice. Look, um, the mentality behind it is if you have a quality tool that you have confidence in when you go out into the garden it means that you can use that tool to its hundred percent ability you don't have to worry about bending it you don't have to worry about um it rusting away in five seconds or you know the handle snapping and things like that so mm. you really it's an investment and, unless you bury it in the compost like i have and then, <laughs> and then there's not much you can do about that i can't tell you how many times i've lost my tools um you know, buried in the bucket of weeds that I've carried away and tipped <laughs> in the bin or into the compost heap. So. Oh, it's, it's okay for you. You've got a whole warehouse full of them. <laughs> <laughs> my, my problem is that the secateurs tend to lose their sharpness. Is that right, because yes. they're, they're a piece of rubbish or I'm using them too much? No. Well, look, you know, all, all your sort of sharpened tools at some point are going to need some sort of maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality of steel does make a big difference for how long that edge will stay sharp um, and also what you're using them on. So, I mean, if you're accidentally cutting through some chicken wire in the garden, that's not going to help. But um, but in general, you, you would want to sharpen them and keep them oiled, keep them clean, mm-hmm. and that will prolong the life of the tool. But starting off with a superior product is always going to help. And many of these better quality tools as well, Pete, the blades are replaceable. Like you can sharpen them to a point and then like all the parts are replaceable. My secateurs, everything, the spring, everything's replaceable. Like Captain Cook's hammer, you can stuff again. But seriously, you get the, the wear out of them. So back to you, Rebecca, pruning. What are the essential couple of tools that you need in your kit to be able to prune? Okay, so if you've got, you know, your basic garden that's got some trees, some shrubs and you know, a few flowers or vegetables. Mm-hmm. Probably your most 
most versatile tool would be your your bypass tech tear. Uh, you can't go wrong with having mm. one of those. Um, I would say the a good pruning saw and a pair of lockers or mm. head shears. Mm. So they're your four sort of main main tools mm. that you would take out into the garden in in terms of pruning. Yeah, um, that's what we're focusing yeah. on today. So that's it's good. a pruning yeah. day today. That's, mm. that's it. I like all those. And a lot of people use anvil pruners as well, the hand ones. So the difference between the two, the anvil and the there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So bypass is sort of like a scissor action that pulls the plant plant material apart. Um, whereas your anvil is like having a chopping board and a knife coming down straight down into the middle of it. So That'd be a nice, nice straight cut then. Yeah, chopping mm. action. Mm. It is, um, but it, you wouldn't use your anvils for your everyday gardening. So they are designed specifically for really tough sort of woody right. material. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wouldn't go out and pick some parsley with your anvils. <laughs> um, uh, but you would go out and prune some roses or, you know, tidy up a fruit tree or um, yeah. some sort of a woody woody shrub, some, something along those lines. So your company services the entire Australian gardening population, does it? Yeah, absolutely. Look, anywhere in Australia we're happy to ship to or supply to and if people can find us, we're happy to supply. What's the busiest time of the year for you? Definitely spring, obviously. Mm-hmm. Everything's well, growing. You're, you're about to jump um, in, eh? Yep. yep. It's no, about to happen. Right. It's just, we're, we're gearing up for crazy season. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. If anybody wants to find European tools, where are you online, Rebecca? Okay, so we are europeantoolsaustralia.com. Excellent. Have a look at those quality tools. Okay. European Tools Australia. Our guest today has been Rebecca Volkoff, and uh, lovely to make contact with you. You are now one of our honorary gardening gang members. Oh, there you go. Yes, sorry. Well done, Rebecca. (laughs) Thanks, Rebecca. (laughs) This is Coast FM with the gardening gang, cutting away today with those tools. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy sharing the microphone. We've got MC, our good friend MC, Microbe. Good morning, gang. Nice <laughs> to speak to you again. Okay, now we've got you on the goss today because you, um, you know, scan those newspaper articles and those uh, websites. Mm. So the topic today, MC, is of what nature? Slow flowers. Really? Yes, yeah, slow flowers. A it's bit a topic. Slow. Are they a bit slow? <laughs> inappropriate. We're going to have to cut that. <laughs> Cut. Okay. Say something else. So, so, so the stuff go man has said slow down, has he? Slow down those flowers. I think yeah. MC knows. Okay, so the slow the slow flower movement is all about what just soaking in the vibe or uh, you know, slowing down the growth of plants. I'm just I'm trying to get the feel of this uh, story here, so, Sherilyn. Trying to get the idea of what the, the slow flower movement it aims to change the growing uh disconnect that we have with things that we buy and consume so it's, it's aimed at making us more aware of where our flowers are coming from what's involved with growing flowers and how uh, how important our dollar is when it comes to spending um so it champions a more mindful and seasonal and sustainable consumption of these of these things as part of a part of the, the global uh, movement, the global slow living movement. 
So it, it's it, from what I know about slow living movement, and I'm kind of thinking this would be the same as with the flowers. So is it about buying flowers that are locally grown rather than buying overseas ones? Because I do know in the flower industry, particularly with roses, the vast majority come from uh, Brazil, South America and overseas. Yeah, that's so right. That's, that's very true. Um, instead of uh, having to instead of supporting that that industry um, mm-hmm. that has such a um, such an impact on on the environment, um, you just you know help to make friends with your with your neighbours who are growing growing roses and and um, make a you can do a back fence trade. You know, you make a banana bread and trade for a bouquet of their roses, maybe. Well, I'd probably do something like that. We'd probably that. go to the pub for a quick beer together. Oh, do you than, think so? Yeah, Give me some of your yeah. flowers and I'll buy so, a beer. So oh. does this resonate with you, MC, or is it uh, just something that uh, you just happened upon now? I know you're into the uh, alternative living, but flowers, alternative flowers. Well, there you go, Sherilyn. Uh, yeah, and it, does, it definitely does resonate with me. I, I, I enjoy flowers. I have spent my fair share of time working in a florist even and some of the farmers markets which I attend I, I work to side florists too and so I get a bit of a, an inside behind the scenes sort of look at where the flowers are coming from exactly mm. um, and oftentimes uh, the telltale signs are if it's wrapped in plastic then generally it's not from the grower ah. uh, it's from it's been, it's been shipped Right. So they put them in the plastic there for protection. They do, yeah. So like okay, ones but the thing is, though, MC, if you had the choice between, say, a bunch of mushrooms and a bunch of flowers, what would turn you on the most? I know you're a great <laughs> mushroom grower as well. What would excite you what most? Would turn, what would turn me on the most? Yeah, <laughs> yeah flowers or mushrooms? <laughs> Um, I mean, it depends because, you know, second slice of mushrooms, you just can't go past. He's a growing lad. There we go. He loves a He likes mushrooms more than flowers. I go flowers. Would you go flowers? Oh, yeah, every time. You'd make a very good combination, you two. (laughs) (laughs) I'd go flowers. You can't go past a a, um, beautiful bouquet of flowers. You um, can't. Honestly. They make the soul sing. Okay, so Mother's Day won't be a gift of mushrooms. A gift of flowers. I think that's lovely. I have to. I have to show the daughter fellows who won't buy me flowers. No way. A couple of suitors we don't know about, <laughs> do we? <laughs> I went out with a. I went out with a guy once, and he said flowers are a waste of money because they died. Well, that relationship he died never quicker lasted than, long. No, did he? that relationship died quicker than a bunch of flowers. <laughs> it was like, see you later. <laughs> Thank MC. you, mate. Have a great weekend. Thanks, MC. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. It's our Saturday morning get-together. Sherilyn Darcy, who's on the line? What's hot, Vicky? Hey, what's hot? How you doing? Hey, good morning. How are you? Very good, thank you, my sweet. Now, you've been scanning around seeing what the uh, opposition to your nursery and what are the other nurseries on the coast providing us this weekend? Mm. Vicky? All right. Well, there is no real opposition, but oh. until, <laughs> <laughs> until oh. the end of the month, 
you'll get 25% off all roses at Lee Rowan's Garden World located at Arimba. Uh-huh. Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare will have you hopping mad over their aqua and purple kangaroo paws. <laughs> and attention all bargain hunters, Sunhaven Garden Centre will give you 20% off plants, fruit trees, roses, ornaments, water features, bird baths and pots. And speaking of pruning, join YE Nursery for their free rose pr- pruning workshop. On Saturday the 29th from 2 to 3 p.m. Next week? No, that would be the week after. Yes. Because I'm going to see the Barbie movie on the 22nd. Oh, oh. I've got my dates wrong here. Okay. <laughs> Barbie movie. Of course it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all dressed up as a Barbie. There you go. Hmm. And uh, are you taking Ken with you? Have you got a Ken to escort you to that uh, particular event? I am. I'm taking Ken and two little skippers. Ah, lovely. <laughs> With all those uh, magnificent specials from the other uh, nurseries, uh, I guess uh, Narara Valley are being very competitive too. Is that right, Mick? No, we definitely are. We also have our end of financial year sale going, but my what's hot is create an eye-catching display with our range of pelargoniums. Enjoy large clusters of neon pink, pastel pink, purple and red, and they will flower all from spring to autumn, and you'll find these displayed as you walk straight into the nursery. Now, help me out there. What was the name of the plant again? They're pelargoniums. Pelargoniums. Uh, we usually just call them geraniums. Ah, technically okay. We can't call them geraniums. Now I've got anymore. it. That's My right, visual not. senses suddenly realised what you were talking about. Okay, no problem. Now, They're Vicky, beautiful, the ones that we have here, absolutely stunning. Stunning. Okay, now, Vic, um, if you were to look at the negative side of the plant industry at the moment, or the plant world, what yeah. would you choose as what's not so hot? I would say bindies are not hot. <laughs> avoid hopping to your clothesline to avoid those painful burrs and kill the bindies before they try to kill you. <laughs> We've got a couple of products in store, Searles Buffalo Master or Amgro's Bindi. So it's a good time right now to get on there and kill those bindies. So now's the time to de the lawn, huh? Mm. Yes, no more hopping around the backyard. That's always an annoyance at our it place is. at Saratoga. <laughs> hmm. So you can de-bindy this weekend, okay. Yes. Okay, now from that uh, point of view, uh, we've got to also now move to our next important uh, part of the show, which is people are just hanging by their fingernails to know about the gardening game. Is it a fact or a piece of fiction. <laughs> well, I love that you spoke about bindies because we're going lawns this week with our botanical Ooh. fact or fib. So here we go. So there was this fellow called Edward Beard Budding. In 1830, he worked in a mill in Gloucestershire, mm-hmm. you know, over in the old England okay. somewhere over there. Yeah. And his job was preparing cloths like, you know, like, fabric, that's what it was, to be used to make clothing. And while he was sort of sitting back, he was observing the way that the rotating blades of the machinery cut the cloths, you know, like because they were all sort of hairy, like sort of a shag pile carpet, but it would sort of cut it down so you get velvets and things like that. And he went, you know what, that reminds me of lawns. Because up until 1830, people used to go out there with, you know, hand sickles. And he went, you know what, the way these blades rotate and cut the velvet down I bet you you could cut lawns. So he went home and he made the world's first lawnmower and he became quite famous by selling lawnmowers. So he was well before Victor, before the petrol two-stroke, and this was him. And so his name was Edwin Beard. 
Is that story a botanical fact or is it a fib? Okay, Vic, now what is your experience with lawn, the history of lawns? Would you be able to uh, uh, I'm give right some clarification there? With there? My history of lawns. Good. What are your <laughs> thoughts well, on well, this fact or fib? I'm familiar with Edward Beard. <laughs> 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 um, I, feel, I, just, I feel like Sherilyn had a little bit of that truth pitch to her home today, so I'm looking through. Okay, well, I've, I can look at her straight in the face here and I'm thinking she's also telling the truth, so I'm going to side with you this morning. Mr. Baird was the inventor of, of the lawnmower, the first uh, of their models that came out yes. was from Mr. Baird. You're both right. It's completely true, absolutely true. Oh, yeah. And the way that this piece of machinery worked, it made sort of the lines. You know how if you use a, a lawnmower, you get these nice line going down and turning back. Well, more so yeah. with this rotating thing, and that's where the obsession to have these straight, you know, the line goes one way, the line goes the other, the way that it cuts as well. So that's why people go backs and forwards and make that. And they call it the rotary Mower. It was just called a lawnmower back then, but yeah, this is the hand. Well, they call mower. it a rotary mower when they yeah. had the Victor style came out was a, a different oh. type of direction. Yeah, that's right. So how yes. the distinction was made? One was mm-hmm. the rotary, one was something else, whatever. Something it is. else, whatever it is. Yeah. Yes, that's it. But that, yeah, completely true. Very well done, both. Give of yourself you. a clap, Vic. Miss Give oh, yourself yeah. a clap. That <laughs> is <laughs> two points two to you, two to me. <laughs> Okay, Vic, well, thanks very much for that, and we'll look out for those bindies this weekend. Yeah. Yes, All across do. the coast, it's a radication bindi weekend. Yippee! Yodling. Coast FM with the Gardening Gang. At home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Girl at Coast FM, there's Seals and Croft, all part of our classic hits this morning with Pete and Sherilyn. It is the Gardening Gang. Thanks to our sponsors, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, open all this weekend at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. I hear the bell tolling. Here it comes. What could it be? It's time to get our hands dirty. That's right, Coasties. Let's get our hands nice and dirty. Or if you want to, put some gloves on. That's me. I like my fingernails. And also your gumboots on and get out there in the garden. But first, what's on for plant lovers across the Central Coast right now and coming up? Well... You might have heard earlier in the show, the Hunter Regional Symbidian Society has its 2023 winter show on right now, all weekend at the Home Co. Tugra. I think they used to call that something else before, but it's where Bunnings and everything is in Spotlight for those of us who love Spotlight is. Visit a beautiful display of all sorts of stunning orchids. It's a top floor right outside Spotlight. Oh, how handy. Along with the judged show, there'll be orchids for sale and you can enter a raffle to win a beautiful Symbidian orchid. Get along to that. Garden hosts for the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail are wanted for 2023. Would you like your garden to be featured in the 2023 Central Coast Garden Trail. Well, get on it. We'd lo- they'd like. I'd like to hear from you because we're actually media partners for this this year. We'll be broadcasting live from the trail, or you might have friends that you might want to dob in discreetly. If so, send an email to edible garden trail at permaculture cc dot org dot 
AU. Now, Rachel's Farm is a special movie that's been made by Rachel Ward, the actress. It's on at the Avoca Theatre on the 27th of July. A wonderful movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I will that night because I'm on the panel with Rachel Ward and also with Dirt Girl. How exciting. You little <laughs> In this movie, Rachel Ward voyages from a willful ignorance about the ecological impacts of conventional agriculture on her own rural property to embracing a movement to restore the health of Australia's farmland, food and climate. I love the trailers. Honestly, I said yes in a heartbeat. Tickets are from the Avoca Theatre right now. I don't think there's that many left. Avocabeachtheatre.com.au. Get there and come and say hello to me. All right, in your own garden this week, you have got to dig that compost right over. Throw in some well-rotted manure into your beds as well because spring is around the corner. I can feel it this morning. It was very warm at Lake Memorial this morning. You can also plant the following now. Culinary herbs, artichoke suckers, a asparagus crowns, beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, carrots, cress, kohlrabis, lettuce, mustard, onions, parsnips, peas, potatoes, rhubarb crowns and silver beet. Now you can also throw in some African marigolds, delphiniums, dianthus, English daisy thyme, yay, gypsophila, minuet, which is all those little lettuces and things. They look pretty. Spider flowers, it's time for those, also known as grevilleas, and Status. They're those old-fashioned dried flowers that they always throw in the back of supermarket uh, bunches, but I do like them in a garden. That's what you can do this weekend, Pete. Lovely. Well, that's a nice package of information on this springtime winter's morning. What do you think? Very, very springtime today. Mm. What's the gauge here? In Gosford, it says about 12. On the beaches, 16. Now, get this, Mangrove Mountain is currently reporting 15 degrees. Yeah. Just astounding. It was very warm at Lake Memorial this morning. It is astounding. Cheryl and Darcy, Saturday morning, beautiful weekend coming up. And now we're joined on the radio, Cheryl, Mm -hmm. by Doreen. Yes. Normally here in the studio, but today she's talking to us from uh, the other side of Burke. Is that right? <laughs> uh, no, no, actually uh, Brisbane. Yeah, well, she's doing an outside broadcast for somebody, and we're just interrupting her time this morning because uh, this is uh, an important part of her life. So, Doreen, what's the market activity over the coast this weekend? Okay, well, on today. The Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown's Drive and Blood Tree Road. Plants, homemade preserves, jams and cakes. And the Gosford Waterfront Market is on today between 9 and 2 at Gosford City Park. Now that's near East Street Cafe and Drifters Walk. There will be lots of stalls offering local produce, handmade goods, fashion, health and wellness. They also have food stalls, specialty coffee and sweet treats. And that's it for today. That's a lovely spot there when the sun is shining and the birds are singing right there on oh. the waterfront of Goz. Is Absolutely it? I'm magnificent go. uh, show. Sounds good. Much better than Lake Munmore. Oh, can't be. I can't <laughs> believe that. <laughs> I think you can take your dog too. Can you? Well, you can take your dog on Lake Memorial. Well, there you go. The debate continues. Right. Now, Sunday market story, if you would. Dukeley Lions Club markets are on near Coles between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls, and grab a bargain or two. Gosford City Farmers Market is being held tomorrow at the showground between 7 and 1 and they have live entertainment. There's a large range of fruit and veggies, eggs, deli items, fermented foods and plants. There's also international foods, coffee and snacks. And the Amina Beach Markets are being held tomorrow between 9 and 2 next to the Surf Club. 
There are lots of stalls with everything you can possibly find in a market, including gourmet hot food, art and crafts, local fruits, deli items and fashion. The event is also pet friendly and there's an ATM on site. And wrapping it up for second-hand goods and specialty items, check out the Entrance Lions Club charity market being held tomorrow and every Sunday between 8.30 and 12.30 in the Denning Street car park. Now, Doreen, if you will, what would be your best selection for the weekend in terms of markets? What do you think might be the go? Oh, hot tea. Well, I'm, I'm torn between um, Gosford City Farmers Market because... I love their uh, fermented foods and their free-range eggs. And things. Fermented foods are revolting. Uh, anyway. Uh, no. Oh, no. I love all that healthy food, yeah. you know, good stuff for us to start the day off well. But I would also like to go to your minor beach markets because they have things like candles and, oh, and desserts. I did see the desserts were Ooh. looking very yummy. And the ATM. And the ATM. <laughs> and the ATM. And the pet friendly, yes. Oh, <laughs> I don't have a little dog at the moment, but I'm sure I can find someone else's dog to bring along. <laughs> Sailor will come with you. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Doreen. Doreen, such fun, isn't she, Pete, on a Saturday morning? Oh, she's a trick, all right. Thanks, Doris. Catch you next week. <laughs> See you. Oh, the gardening gang is in good form today at Coast FM. Love 16. Let's take a Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy, Saturday morning. It's always nice to call uh, Paulie Mack into the studio when we have uh, nothing else to do <laughs> and talk about food. Paulie's joined us again this Good week. Good morning, we beautiful class. last week, mate. I, I think know. you we were did. having a wonderful time on the Gold Coast or somewhere. <laughs> this time of year, it seems to be that uh, everywhere you look in the supermarket, mm. it's uh, time for a slow cook. Yes, yes, it's that kind of weather, isn't it? Mm, I'm going to try one tonight. Are you? It's a lamb shank. Are you sure? Well, I've already bought the pack. Okay, cool. Uh, you get a little packet from, I think, Master Foods or one yeah, of those companies, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, add yeah. that and put all those things yeah. in. Yeah, uh, do you remember the times when lamb shanks used to be affordable? And <gasps> they I remember were so cheap. When pork belly was cheap and yeah. when chicken wings were cheap. Yeah. And, you know, nothing. Well, I haven't been to the supermarket yet. What am I going to oh, pay for everything. those? Oh 80 bucks goodness. a kilo or something. Yeah, I hope you not. can buy, you can, yeah, look, those kind of things are not, there, there aren't any cheap options anymore. Mm. No. You know, even decent minced beef, turkey, lamb is is expensive. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm committed to it because I've got all the components. Well, now. So, what are you going to do? Tell me how you're going to cook well, it. Well, I just either put the packet together. Help. I add this and that and a bit of potato and a bit of carrot yeah. and uh, a bit of rosy. Yeah, and then yeah. uh, the packet that's, uh, I'm relying on the pack. Oh. But do I need that supposed slow cook pack or nah, not? Not really. Look, the, the important part about cooking something slowly is first of all, you're cooking it slowly because it's, it's, um, from a, part, from a part of the animal that's done a lot of work, right? The extremities <laughs> of the animal are, have done more work, so they're, they're tougher, but they have more flavour because the, the proteins are developed more. Oh, is that right? That's why they're good, you know. So, uh, you know, cheek, shin, um, a, a great flavoured uh, cuts. Bit of tail. Yeah, yeah, oxtail. Ooh, my oh my goodness, goodness me! Now you're talking kangaroo tail. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've not eaten kangaroo tail. I've had every other part of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do I need my um, Master Foods pack or not? No, you don't really. You just need some decent. Um, I want to save two dollars fifty. Earthy, but it'll cost, it'll cost you more. The trouble is with those kind of things, and honestly, like um, you'll find that there's a fair amount of sugar in them. You know, and there's, salt, there's probably a fair amount of sodium salt. in there too. Yeah. That's unnecessary. I mean, mm. you're going to salt it anyway, right? Well, at, at some point. At, yeah, when you're finished. But I, I try not to. I don't think you need to. And my cupboards are full of 
everything you could think of. Um, it also says on the instructions here, I've got to put 400 kilo can of cut up. <laughs> How many people are you cooking for? <laughs> 400, oh, 400 grams. Sorry, yeah. my God. Yeah. 400 grams. You don't have to do that either, tomato. really. You, you'll, get, you'll get a decent product with some water, but the tomato's going to add some middle ground. Okay, you right. Know, there's some okay. density there and there's some um, sweetness. Okay, so you know. eight hours. It depends on how you're going to cook it. Um, okay. I'm a big fan uh, recently of sous vide, so the, the old plastic bag method. Stick it in a plastic bag, stick it in a water bath at 65 degrees overnight, and then you don't I've have to... I've never done it's this. insane. Do you need it? Do you need it? Do you keep it at 65 degrees? Oh. Do you need a special... No, you've got to step pot? all night, yeah, essentially. You step <laughs> all night with a thermometer. Stoke the fire. You have got... Well, you can buy quite cheap... Um, piece of kit called a thermocirculator, which mm-hmm. is essentially a wand with a heating element. It's like a kettle with a little oh. fan on the bottom. Yep. What it does, it, it spins the water around and it keeps it at the temperature that you decide. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this afternoon, we'll be putting a tri-tip, which is the bottom part of the sirloin of the cow, mm-hmm. um, into a water bath at 65 degrees for six hours. Okay. And that gets to that temperature, stays there, and breaks the protein down, and you don't lose any volume because it's oh, inside okay. the bag. So you're not losing the moisture. And okay. you can impart any kind of flavours you want into it in the cookery method, and it okay. comes out, and you chill it, get it super cold really quickly, um, and then it's perfectly cooked, and then you can't mess it up, in right. theory. All right. So you can then take it, whack it on a barbecue really quickly. It's, it's amazing. I've kind of rediscovered it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? I think I'll stay with the crock pot. So you're using yeah. a crock pot, Yeah, you can't, you can't, can't crock fall pot. off. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. the slow crock. yeah, I know the one. Yeah, okay. But that's yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. We yeah. do it overnight sometimes, and but I always wake up and I get confused because the smell's wrong <laughs> for the time of day. You understand what I mean? Oh, yes, yes. So you'll wake up and I'm like, what, smell? what does it smell like? Pork <laughs> belly. <laughs> and it's 25 a.m. <laughs> I want to eat it now. <laughs> wish you lived next door to my place. No, no, no. Imagine the smells coming Well, we've out got a very <laughs> appreciative street, so I'll cook for everybody on the street just because I can, you know, and it's fun. And you live in West Street, you mind it. That's I'll a big you, street, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'll give you the address. <laughs> hey, Paul, that's right. Mate. Well, it just remains to be seen how the whole thing turns out. Well, I'd like my, to uh, yeah, keep me. In, lamp. I'll bring you a sample. That in would be lovely. Next keep week. me in the loop. You can give me a bit of a. And what are we? What are you having? You know, just having that. You're having some some oh, root vegetables with yeah, it. Yeah, some root vegetables. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. a mash and plenty of greens. Yes, good. Got to have some greens. Oh, sounds wonderful. Okay, that's Pete the and chef. What time is it already? <laughs> <laughs> what time shall I be there? <laughs> uh, secret. Okay. Yeah, of course. Paulie Mac, the uh, the chef. The official Coast the official FM gardening gang chef. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Every Saturday morning here with the gang. Thanks, Paulie. <laughs> oh, Matthew Wilder at Coast FM 963. Saturday morning with the gardening gang. Thanks to our sponsors, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Sherlin and Pete are going to be uh, breaking their stride getting down to Canberra for the Floriade, aren't we? We will. We're doing a radio broadcasting from the biggest flower show in Australia. You nearly said the world. It's a big one. It's a big one, yeah. We'll be down at Floriade in Canberra in September. Now, we're taking you with us. You can join us courtesy of Palmer's Tours, Luxury Coach, leaving here on Friday the 22nd of September. Day one. Day one. And then uh, heading on down to Floriade. And then we'll 
will be coming back on the Sunday afternoon. Now day it's two, day, day three, 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 day. three days. That's it. Now it's not just Floria. You'll be travelling with Pete and I in the coach. There'll be games and prizes and fun and laughter and all the gang style. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to be visiting Corbett Gardens down in Barrel on the way down. A full day in Floria, tours of Canberra, Mount Ainsley Lookout over at night time. How pretty will that be? And Tulip Top Gardens on the way back. And I know Tulip lovers know all about Tulip Top Gardens. It's amazing. It's a it's a big highlight. This tour includes your accommodation and nearly all the meals. I think there's just two little lunches there that you might just need to pick Can up. Can I a mention the bag. price? I will. Ah, you will, because it is Look, amazing. I'll mention the price because they made a very special an, deal at Palmer's. Seven seventy it is for the whole package mm-hmm. for a twin share. Okay, a bit yes, more if you're yes, single, is. but twin yep. share is seven seventy for three great days. Have a bit of fun. Twenty yep. second of um, the month of September. September. Yes, and you better Warming get in up. because they're well and truly over half full. And locked in already. They okay? are. So if you if Don't you'd get like the cheap seats, get the right seats. <laughs> get the right seats. You might get next to Pete. You never know. You like. Oh, uh, if you'd like, you look. You need to ring Palmer's four three two five eight thousand. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy with the Gardening Gang every Saturday morning right here at 963. Sherilyn, I don't know if you've been up to Centrelink in town recently, but it's quite amazing. Lovely offices, mm-hmm. uh, lovely people work there, really nice people. Mm-hmm. But they've got amazing security there. Have and they? Even, even at one stage I saw a security guard just wandering around the building, or not the building, the floor, the work yeah, floor, yeah. just seeing if people were behaving. Whoa. Because no doubt there's been a history... Of well, I have heard that. People coming in, mm. you know, they're stressed out over a mispayment or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just take it out on the staff. Awful. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. And many shops these days say, like, our staff are important to us. Please yes, respect yes, them. Yes, yes, I'm just wondering in the in the pet vet business, mm. Tanya is on the line, by the way. Tanya, hey, our Tanya. pet vet nurse. If you guys face, you know, stressful <laughs> owners and they take it out on the staff, have you seen much evidence of that? An interesting question. Um, yes, yes. Look, it, mm. it, it does happen. Unfortunately, it does happen. Mm. Um, Is that because they're stressed out or because the animals can't talk? Look, I think it does happen. It happens in all industries, unfortunately. Mm. A lot of things on the news lately about, you know, different situations that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in Sydney, uh, there was a there was a recent case about uh, I think it was a French bulldog where some people refused to pay their pay their account and their account was quite significant mm-hmm. and the people were very abusive to staff and I actually know I you know I worked in that hospital before and um, you know I know I know that team and that team are lovely mm-hmm. and you know I can't say anything better you know mm-hmm. about that team and and. Um, I know that I know for a fact that the care that that dog got was second to none. It was gold standard care. It was amazing. And the, and um, they're expensive dogs when it comes to care because a lot of things go can go wrong with that type of breed as well. I mean, surely people I, need to be aware of. But that. I think if people have a, a pet mm. they love and they yep. don't feel as though they're getting better, they take it out on the on the vet. And that's what I'm reading. Well, that's not, right. But is the, that right? The, well. Look, I think more so it's it's often a financial issue. Uh, um, I think often people can't pay, right, and therefore they take it out on whoever's around. Uh, I think mm. I I mean I'm a big believer in 
dad is angry's little brother. Okay, so or angry is dad's big brother. Yeah. So often when it comes to finances, it gets yucky. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think that's when they, people lash out, and mm-hmm. um, people need to understand that it's it's certainly not the vet's fault. It's certainly not the business's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, people think we're we're all there making lots and lots of money, but <laughs> we're actually not. We do it because we love it. Mm. And you know, people also need to understand it's it's kind of just like you know, even a consultation. Like we might joke about it here, but you know, have you been to physi- you know physiotherapy recently? Even oh. with private private health, it's still expensive. Mm. Yeah, it and is. you know, um, or a podiatry appointment mm-hmm. or anything like that. So imagine, imagine if that had surgery on top of it. Like people just don't realize that. But if they don't have the money mm-hmm. and they love that animal, they're going to lash out at someone. And it's not okay for them to lash out at that stuff. It's no. not. It's Whoa. absolutely not. Be it the receptionist. I think. I feel like it's always the vets that get the attention, but the receptionist cop it. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Do you know that she's a taekwondo <laughs> master? You know, <laughs> I'm actually no, very fascinated. Look. Like, so if someone is in there very angry about the price, how do you handle it, Tanya? They won't tell you it's the price. Yeah. They will lash out and say, the vet did this, the vet did that, the uh-huh. vet didn't tell me this. But more often than not, it is the price and it's because they don't have the money yeah. or they they can't get the money mm-hmm. or they're sad because their animal, they've just been told their animal's probably going to die yep. or, you know, their animal has been given this diagnosis. You know, I think, I think sometimes, like in the case of the Frenchie, that was, that was horrible, but those people are still struggling to pay. They had no right to do what they did. They had no right to treat mm. my friends because they are my friends at that hospital the way mm. they did. They mm. went to current affair and that all got screwed up because they just looked silly mm. um, because the truth pretty much was told. Oh, they went to current um, affair. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, okay. They, they said they had to sell designer handbags to, to pay for their dog's <laughs> treatment. Well, you well, know they- what? Good. But the thing is, they you know? probably, these are, look, and, and I am such a, I'm so anti these these designer dogs they are, that they probably spent exactly. $10,000 on this dog that everybody yes. says don't have them because they're inbred, they have all these medical problems, and I'm like, well, you signed up for it. You signed up for it, and you shouldn't have. You should have gone and rescued a dog. And done your research. Yeah. Done Absolutely. your research. Yeah. Or, I, mean, I think they do their research, but they think, oh, it's not going to happen to me, but mm, most gotcha. of those dogs, yeah. they just, they have terrible heart problems, breathing yeah. problems. From and the outset, they have those they issues. Do, huh? They okay. do, they right. do. So, um, but this dog walked away well and they were updated on the bill constantly, yes. you know, constantly. So I've gone through yeah. this with a dog who had to be on life support who was bitten by a tick years ago and we were updated and we got to a certain point. It was every day. It was like because she was on respiratory care and, and Tanya knows what how much that was, would be. It was about yeah. 20, it was 15 yeah. years ago. We made the decision, and it's very sad. The dog was eight years old, eight years, eight year old boxer. So you that's just cut old. your losses. We didn't say cut your losses. We just said we can't afford it, and the outcome was still pretty tenuous. Um, if if she'd oh, okay. be all right, and she was she was elderly. So we said, okay, we can only afford to go to this much, and it's a sad, sad thing. But did you, you know, lash out? No. No, 
I, no. no, no, they were not wonderful. What I heard. Small ma- it was the animal hospital. It was not <laughs> Pete. It was the animal hospital at French's Forest. They can vouch for me. Oh, no. They've rung several they times saying, "Is that Cheryl and Darcy still working we there?" Were, <laughs> we were ve- no, they were wonderful, and and they were wonderful at actually with their care of like counselling with us. Of you know, you yeah. this is the decision you're helping making. Helping you over. They're helping us helping get through. over that because yeah. we were like, we just don't have the money, and the dog probably won't do very well. So well, it we've was a bit of a Pandora's box we here have. today. We, we could have. go on forever. I think the message is that we should be more mindful of the people who work in this industry Absolutely. who look after our dogs yep. and cats. And I think Tanya's made some great points of what it actually costs to do this as well. Meanwhile, uh, Tanya, keep up those uh, Taekwondo uh, lessons. You won't <laughs> need them one day. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, yes, be gentle with your vets, but not just your vets. It's absolutely the reception staff and... You know, obviously, obviously nurses as well. Well, Tan, thank you for your time this morning. We'll get you in a more light-hearted mind next week, okay? Guaranteed. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tan. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks. Tanya Middleton is our pet vet uh, every Saturday morning here. Coast FM. Yeah. FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on the radio this morning. Cheryl looking particularly gorgeous. It must be because the day is promising for you to garden. To garden. Okay. We're talking about real estate right now with Lachlan McDonald of Ray White mm-hmm. McDonald Partners. Lockie, good morning. Good morning. The suburbs of the Central Coast that are the sleeper suburbs. Now, we're talking about those ones that perhaps have been a bit um, forgotten when uh, people invest or make a uh, make a purchase. What are the sleeper suburbs that uh, you can recognise on the Central Coast that are going to emerge as the uh, real winners in real estate um, excitement? <laughs> that's the word they use. Real <laughs> estate excitement, they oh, do, my word. Okay. On the Central Coast, I mean, I'll, I'll, just for example, if I may just throw this in to start off the conversation, mm. Many years ago, uh, Davistown was known as Tintown. It was like the backwater of uh, the Gosford, uh, the old Gosford LGA. Ah. And now it's one of the pick suburbs. Is it? I'm, I live near Davistown, not far. Mm-hmm. And um, nice spot and all that. But it used to be a very uh, area that used to flood easily and blah, 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 a lot of negatives. Mm. But boy, has it changed dramatically in the last five or six years. Okay. Lachlan, you'll need to now share with us what are the sleeper suburbs around today that we haven't recognised yet? Well, Pete, I think, um, you know, where you you mentioned around that Davistown area was certainly became more and more popular because of the lifestyle and offer. And there's certainly other waterside suburbs that I think are in a similar boat, but they're more likely now the ones that are towards the north end of the central coast along the lakes. And I think there's Certainly a number of suburbs, you know, there's quite a few, I think, up there that um, are still very quiet suburbs, very family-oriented. Um, you know, certainly um, there are a lot of people that aren't from the Central Coast maybe don't actually know those suburbs. Oh. And I think they are sort of, you know, the next uh, the next Davis towns, if you will. Mm, I think it might be Lake Memora, where I live. Who'd live there? <laughs> I mean, who would I think, think I, that I one think day... my suburb fits the bill because you didn't even think it was in part of the Central Coast, I think, <laughs> when I got here. <laughs> I thought there was still a big uh, stack of uh, power-generating towers there. <laughs> nah, they've gone. They've gone. <laughs> well, the sleeper well, I... suburbs are on the north, obviously, because that's where the real growth is in the future. Mm. To say that they're sleeper suburbs, again, is sort of, I guess, underplaying their popularity currently, but I, I do think that 
everywhere from Wyoming right the way through to Arimba along the rail corridor there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as the, the sort of plan for the Gosford CBD unfolds over the next couple of decades and all of that expands and grows, mm. I think we're going to continue to see a lot of interest for properties along that rail corridor leading back to the M1 at Arimba. Okay. Well, if that's the Lizaro to Arimba improvements, that's all operating now. Pete, you come through there I from came, work. Yeah, I come through there to come into the station. And it's faster? Yeah. Oh, well, this morning I came through, Pete, and I zipped through. And I tell you what, earlier in the week, on Thursday, I dropped into the station and usually it you, you banked up there to go into one lane and it's huge. It's not 10 minutes yep. off my, my... So I guess those infrastructure improvements are a good guide as to what might be uh, the future of those regions, hey, Lachlan? Yeah, definitely. See. And, and as well, what we've traditionally seen is that areas like, say, Greenpoint, Erina, you know, um, those sorts of areas have been popular because they're still relatively accessible to the M1, but also readily accessible to the, the areas like the beaches or the water. Now, as Gosford and the waterfront, as we're you know, hoping happens with all of these, these new plans and development that's going on, continues to become more of a, a, a hub and that's where you might find that, that some of those suburbs like Wyoming, Narara, Niagara Park, all the way through there start to really come into their own as being close to that, that new hub of Gosford. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's an ever-changing story. Um, okay, well, the predictions are there that around the uh, corridor that uh, is just north of the CBD of Gosford and uh, up there towards where Sherilyn has her selected little palace. Paradise. Lake Marmora around there. They could be the sleeper areas of the Central Coast. Thank you, Lachlan. Nice in, uh, nice input today. Thank Thanks, you. Lachlan. My pleasure, guys. I'm off to see a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Coast FM with the Property Report every Saturday morning with Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners here at Coast FM. Here's